morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are on this fantastic day. It happens to be Thanksgiving Day, so Thanksgiving greetings to all of you wherever you are and whenever you listen to this. I hope you and your family are spending the day in gratitude, giving thanks first in my world again to our awesome God, Jesus, Holy Spirit, and then, of course, all the other things that we're grateful for. You know, we don't even deserve today, but we have it. Can you just fathom that? We don't even deserve today, but we have it. So let's do something with this day that adds significance and value to other people. Let's share our gifts with others. Let's be the light for others. All right. Let's jump right in today. Um verse of the day and I love this because we just never know what we're going to get enter his gates with thanksgiving go into his courts with praise give thanks to him and praise his name for the Lord is good his unfailing love continues forever and his faithfulness continues to each generation I love that one of the focuses I've had here probably for the last week after I read it somewhere, was um, all throughout your day, if you are thanking Jesus for everything, good, bad, whatever, whatever's going on, there's no room for worry and fear to get in if you are just thankful and thanking him all day. So I've been practicing that. If a, if a strange thought pops into my mind, I just start thanking. <laughs> I just start thanking him thanking Jesus and it works it immediately flips my spirit um, it allows the Holy Spirit to work in me and the next step I take in that day in that moment is a positive one so give it a try I think that's a really it's working for me anyway so I like to share those things uh, with other folks okay so now the verse the uh, devotion for today and this is coming out of Overcomers, doing that with a couple of friends of mine. So it's really cool if you haven't done that. The Bible app has a way to do devotionals with others. Okay, self-control, the restraint that releases. In Galatians 5, 19 through 21, Paul describes the works of the flesh, and they all have one thing in common. They reject restraint and resolutely abandon self-control. It is self-control that empowers us to deny the allure of the world, defy the desires of the flesh, and resist the temptations of the devil. Boom! You guys, this is deep. <laughs> but it doesn't stop there. As this ripening fruit nourishes in our soul, it emboldens us to walk the Spirit. And thus oppose the works of the flesh yes this is something that um, <clears throat> I think we're called to do especially in this broken world you know and there's so many ways to do it um, so I love this let's be clear this is not us resisting the acts of the flesh it is God the Holy Spirit in us exercising his self-control and his lordship over our lives. Oh, I love it. So it's not us resisting. It's God and the Holy Spirit in us. 
God wants his people to be matchless. They are redeemed, so let them live redeemed lives. They are his workmanship. Let them look like it. They are new creatures. Let them act as such. Doesn't it inspire you? It inspires me. Oh my goodness. Self-control is a Christian essential, a distinctive. Without it, the appetites of the flesh break through and besiege our lives, just as Proverbs 25, 28 describes. Like a city whose walls are broken through is a person who lacks self-control. We are literally children of God instead of children of men. And as we walk in the spirit, we can live on the level of the supernatural instead of the natural, following spiritual rather than fleshly desires. For we live in the spirit instead of the flesh. Paul admonished us to walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. As we do, the spirit's self-control will grow fragrant and strong in our lives, restraining the flesh with its destructive passions and releasing the power and life of God that we might work while it is still day. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Yes, there's no, God hasn't given us any fear or timidity. He's given us power, love, and self-discipline. Holy cow, isn't that awesome? So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. That's it. I mean, it's like, ask the Spirit each and every day. Every decision you have to make. You know, another thing I've been reflecting on, another... um, I guess, trick of Satan is indecision. So if you find yourself in a state of indecision, that is a symptom of how Satan works as well. Look, we all have the Holy Spirit in us. The Spirit will prompt us. And all we have to do is follow that prompting. It's available 24-7. You know... I think we're tempted sometimes to say, oh, I want to pray on it. And I mean, you know, that is, I think, this is just me. I could be, you know, just my perspective, okay? Praying on it isn't it. It is listening to the Spirit. When somebody says, I want to pray on it, I'd rather institute, I'm going to listen to the Spirit. And the Spirit is available 24-7. So... I just feel like, for me, I try to rely on the Spirit in the moment um, and not spend too much time trying to rationalize or think things through. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. Okay, so, this is great. That's my comment. This is great. Let the Holy Spirit guide you. That is the genuine way. You know, and I know sometimes it can be tough. You think, oh my goodness, how do I know if it's the Spirit or if it's just me? I think you just kind of know. You just kind of know. You have to trust in that. You have to have faith in that, in that Holy Spirit. Have faith 
um, that that little nudging you get from inside is the Holy Spirit and it is guiding you the right way. And I think we all know that inherently, but it's just a matter of, of you know, like that devotion just talked about, just making sure Satan's um, tricks and, and the sins of the flesh don't, don't pop in there and derail you. Okay, we're going to read from Genesis today. And I think I am on Genesis 7. The Lord then said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Ooh, did I read this one already? Let me see here. Oh, no, I didn't. Um, Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, a male and its mate, and one pair of every kind of unclean animal, a male and its mate, and also seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep their various kinds alive throughout the earth. Seven days from now I will send rain on the earth for forty days and forty nights, and I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. And Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when the floodwaters came on the earth, and Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons' wives entered the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Pairs of clean and unclean animals, of birds and of all creatures that move along the ground, male and female, came to Noah and entered the ark as God had commanded Noah. And after the seven days, the floodwaters came on the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, on the 17th day of the second month, on that day all the springs of the great deep burst forth, and the floodgates of the heavens were opened. And rain fell on the earth forty days and forty nights. On that very day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, Japheth, together with his wife and the wives of his three sons, entered the ark. They had with them every wild animal according to its kind, all livestock according to their kinds, every creature that moves along the ground according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, everything with wings. Pairs of all creatures that have the breath of life in them came to Noah and entered the ark. The animals were going in were male. The animals going in were male and female of every living thing, as God had commanded Noah. Then the Lord shut him in. For forty days the flood kept coming on the earth, and as the waters increased, they lifted the ark high above the earth. The waters rose and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the surface of the water. They rose greatly on the earth. And all the high mountains under the entire heavens were covered. The waters rose and covered the mountains to a depth of more than fifteen cubits. Every living thing that moved on land perished. Birds, livestock, wild animals, all the creatures that swarm over the earth and all mankind. Everything on dry land that had the breath of life in its nostrils died. Every living thing on the face of the earth was wiped out. People and animals and the creatures that move along the ground and the birds were wiped from the earth. Only Noah was left and those with him in the ark. The waters flooded the earth for 150 days. Boom. So, you know, leading up to this, God was just so disappointed in people because they were jacking things up. So he decided to just wipe them. (laughs) Just, you know, he's just like, all right, I'm getting rid of them all. We're starting over. But he started, you know, he kept Noah there. And Noah was a man of righteousness. This is what um, John Maxwell says about Noah. 
There's something about righteousness, the kind of moral, virtuous lifestyle empowered from above. That qualifies a person to lead God's people. Noah, the man God chose to rescue the human race from extinction, demonstrated just this kind of righteousness. Humankind had grown so evil that God pledged to destroy it and all living things on earth. But the Lord's pronouncement of judgment didn't come without hope. God had changed righteous Noah to help save a remnant, or charged righteous Noah to help save a remnant. God didn't choose Noah randomly. He knows whom he can count on to get things done. And it's not necessarily the one with the most skill, talent, or social standing. Rather, it's the one who daily walks with him. And the one who hears his voice and follows his lead. Noah was just such a man. Isn't that cool, you guys? We all have that opportunity to be those people. Right? We just have to. We don't have to have the, the most skill, talent, social standing. Uh, we just need to be the one who daily walks with God, the one who hears his voice and follows his lead. That's it. Follow that Holy Spirit, just like we learned earlier. I love it how these things have a way of overlapping. No doubt Noah had his own weaknesses and frailties, but he walked with God, and it was that close walk that made him righteous before the Lord. Noah's righteousness qualified him to be used by God to help save the human race from annihilation and in the bargain kept him and his loved ones from certain death. Noah still stands as an example of the kind of person God wants to use. God hasn't changed and even now he looks for righteous leaders who can help him change the world. You guys, boom. That is you and that is me. We can change the world. And if you don't believe it, you better start believing it because we're talking to God here. We're talking the creator, the great I am. You know, he, he, do you have any doubt what he can do? And do you have any doubt what was just spoken into you, you know, from the Bible that all we have to do is walk with him? You know, back to our self-control, all those things, that's what we do. And God will use us. We don't have to be special social skills or social status or you know all of those things if you look all throughout the bible god did not use those people he used people like you and me right so just be genuine you walk with god that's a simple formula i always say i need simple <laughs> so this is a simple formula uh so i'm just gonna follow that and um, trust in him every second of every every second of every day that's what i want to do okay so now the verse of the day this is the day that i have made and that is with an exclamation point as you rejoice in this day of life it will yield up to you precious gifts and beneficial training walk with me along the high road of thanksgiving and you will find all the delights i have made ready for you to protect your thankfulness, you must remember that you reside in a fallen world where blessings and sorrows intermingle freely. A constant focus on adversity defeats many Christians. You know, that is so true, you guys. <clears throat> there is always going to be adversity, right? Life is never going to be just smooth sailing <laughs> as you hear growing up. There's always going to be adversity. So... We can't focus on the adversity. We have to focus on the gratitude. We have to focus on the thankfulness. We have to be thankful even 
for those circumstances that are bringing adversity to our lives, right? Because it's just making us stronger. It really is. And there's a purpose for it. Oftentimes we won't know the purpose or see the purpose right in front of us, but it's there. And if you look back on your life, you're going to see, um, thoughtfully look back on your life, you're going to see any adversity that you faced. It served a purpose and made you a better person going forward. So I love this. Let's not let adversity defeat us as Christians. They walk through a day that is brimming with beauty and brightness, seeing only the grayness of their thoughts. Oh, so good. You guys, take a look outside. It's a beautiful morning. Forget the grayness of your thoughts if you've got gray thoughts going on out there. And focus on the beauty of the world. Holy cow. This is getting me fired up. Um, How precious are my children who remember to thank me at all times. They can walk through the darkest days with joy in their hearts because they know that the light of my presence is still shining on them. Rejoice in this day that I have made, for I am your steadfast companion. Yes, you guys, every day we have that available to us. Every day we start anew. We can overcome any dark or gray thoughts that we have in our mind. Because those thoughts aren't true. They're not true. If they are negative, they're not true. God did not create you for worry and fear and negativity and looking at the gray and the dark and focusing on those things. He didn't create us that way. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That's from Psalm 118. I will sacrifice a thank you. I will sacrifice a thank offering to you and call on the name of the Lord. That's Psalm 116. And you are my God and I will give you thanks. You are my God and I will exalt you. Psalm 118. So everything was from David today as far as the Psalms go. Um, And you guys literally thank you. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're sharing this podcast, if you're getting something out of it, which I know you are, because anytime you open up the word, the living word, there is wisdom to be found. We just have to have the eyes to see and the ears to hear, right? Um, And know that, I mean, I'm just looking out my window here from my office and there's such beauty out there. There's a stillness, no breeze at all, but there's just a calm, peaceful stillness right now. Let's reflect on that as we begin this Thanksgiving holiday. And let's, you know, this is a great day to start. If you're hearing this in the morning, you know, let's, you know, just start giving thanks all day today. Make this a day of thanks consistently. Uh, When your mind wanders, get it back to to thanking Jesus and thanking God and thanking the Holy Spirit. All right, you guys, have a fantastic Thanksgiving day. Love you guys.